Good morning. Good to see you and everybody on the internet. Going to try a little experiment this morning. Would you be willing to participate? See, I haven't told you anything, and you're so willing already. <laughs> um, Sherry's going to help me today. We're going to have a list of slides. Can you, uh, Jordan, can we have the first one, please? Anybody recognize this person? <laughs> you, okay, yes. Well, I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but we're going to talk about fear today. And what, we're gonna, what I'm going to do is show you some words, and I want you to guess what that fear is. And if you don't get it, that's fine. I'll, we'll flash a picture and see if that helps you. Now, Sherry's helping me because you on the Internet, I would like for you to participate as well because you are a part of this congregation even though you're not here. So, and I love audience participation. I'm more of a teacher kind of type, so we're going to try this out. And well, There is a 30-second lag. Okay, we'll, try it. We'll, we'll give it a try. So we're experimenting a little today because I really want to include everybody. Okay, uh, the next slide after Lucy. Arachnophobia. <laughs> What's, yes, uh, so next slide, please. There you go. <laughs> kind of creepy, isn't it? So you got that one really well. How about the next one, please? Allophobia. <laughs> yes, if you're a... Uh, Yes, if you're not an Aloe subscriber, you might be. Oh, yes, they did say, okay. Okay. That's right. You guys don't have like a roast in the oven that you got to get to, do you, or anything like that? I just, just want to make sure. Allophobia. No guesses? No. That was a good one, though. Any others? You didn't know you were coming to quiz day, did you? You thought you were just coming to church. Uh, okay, well, let's show the next picture. Fear of the flute. <laughs> Says the guy who has 26 guitars, yes. Um, it happens to be one of my favorite instruments. I, I know somebody plays here. I forget who. Who is? Ash, Ashley's the one. one of my favorite instruments, by the way. So who could be afraid of that? But it's actually a fear. Okay, what's the next one, Jordan? Oh, now, if you watch a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know that Charlie Brown goes to Lucy, and they talk about fear, and this is one of them. Epistemophobia. Anybody have any ideas on what that might be? Well, he got that. Well, that's, that, that's really good. But let, show him the picture, would you, Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> the fear of winning. This is my little joke because we all know what the N stands for, right? Knowledge. Knowledge. Yes, yeah, so you guys, you guys caught that one. <laughs> Okay, quadrophobia. Quadrophobia. Anybody have any ideas? No takers? 
fear of squares. <laughs> yeah, those of us maybe from the 60s, yeah, the squares. No, no quadrilaterals involved, sorry. Quad is, it has to do with a number, though. Fear of the number four. So that's the next one. Here. Very good. So those of you who are sitting in row number four obviously don't have that one. Or somebody else got it, the four? Oh, Dennis's mom. Okay. Well, and maybe, well, maybe you're sitting in there because it's helping you get over the fear of the number four. Okay, the next one. Scolionophobia. Scolionophobia. Fear of firecrackers? You should have some fear of firecrackers. Now, this will, this will fit some of you because you're in that profession. Anybody, any guesses on there, Sherry? Darn, I, I was hoping the lag would be better. Okay. This means I, get, I don't have to say as much. See, I like this. No, not fear of... Oh, okay, very good. Well, not very good, but at least she knows what it is. <laughs> curves? Mm, no, not that. Spines? Yes, it should be scoliosis, but not that. All right, go ahead and show the picture, Jordan. School. School. And some of you are teachers here, right? right? So fear of school. So the mom goes and wakes up the son. Time to go to school. I don't want to go to school. She comes back five minutes later. Son, you got to get up. It's time to go to school. I don't want to go. I am not going. She comes back in another five minutes. Come on, you got to get up. You got to go to school. I don't want to go. Mom says, you have to. You're the principal. Okay, do I have another one there, Jordan? What's my next one? Oh. Now we're going to talk about a definition of fear. Now we've had a little fun with fears, but there is a long list of fears, and these are very real to people. What's? Oh, I need to move this way. I, I was trying to not block the screen. I don't know why. Thanks. So these fears are very real. We've had a little fun. I had a little fun with the Nebraska helmets. I couldn't resist. But they are real fears that people actually experience, and they are very serious to them. And really, if you saw the list, you can't believe how long it is. And I'm convinced that there is a fear for everything. And so, can you put the definition back up there, Jordan, of fear? Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Now, Fear is not necessarily a bad thing. We have positives and negatives. I think the next one I have, here's the positives. It can keep us from doing something harmful or foolish to ourselves and others. So, if you would like to get on the top of the building and think you can fly, go right ahead. It's a great journey until you hit the bottom. So, fear is a good thing. It can keep us from doing things that we probably ought not to do. But there's some negatives. It can keep us from accomplishing what needs to be done. Now, uh, the next slide is one that you should just think of to yourself. 
if I ask you this question, I am afraid of, what would you fill in the blank? And I don't, I'm not looking for a response. I just want you to think about that. I think everybody's afraid of something. I'll tell you what mine is, standing here in front of you right now. <laughs> I might goof up. I, I liked what uh, Evan said a, what, a couple weeks ago. He said, when I get done, I go, I wish I'd have said that, or why did I say that? You know, that it was very common. So it is a little nerve-wracking standing here in front of you because I want to do a good job, and I want you to get something out of it, but mostly I want to honor God and honor his word. So it is a fear of failure. I think the number one fear of failure for men is, a f- is fear of failure. That's our number one fear. And for women, it's the fear of a broken relationship. That's which are really both the same thing, aren't they? The fear of failure. And you might ask me, well, why are we talking about fear? Well, because Joshua has been told many times to be strong and courageous. And why would you say that to someone unless there must have been some fear involved? We all face that. And so that's why I picked that, and I want to talk about that a little bit. How do you deal with that? How did Joshua deal with that? So let's read out of our Bibles first. And we're going to do Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9, and 16 to 18. And as Pastor says, whatever means you've got, whether it's on your phone or whether... That'd be great, as long as you open up to that and can read it. And I am reading from someone's Bible that you know, Ron Grebe. And there's a reason for that, and I'll tell you later. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. All of the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to the fathers give to you. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not frightened, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then over to 16. 
And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. For we made the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. I always like to do a little introduction. Do you know what Joshua's name means? Anybody have any idea? In Hebrew, it would be Yehoshua. What did you say? The Lord saves, exactly. So in Hebrew, it's Yehoshua, if I get that right. In Greek, it's Yesu. Do you know what it is in English? It's Jesus. Very interesting. Joshua came to a crisis point, and it's very frank, and it's this. Moses, my servant, is dead. Oh, boy. All of a sudden now, you're in charge. Do you know how many people that you'd be in charge of back then? It's estimated it was, could be, what, one and a half million people. And Joshua had been Moses' second-hand man, he knew what the people were like, and it was a terrible, had to have been a terrifying experience. He didn't get elected to do that job, by the way, so he didn't run for office. It's not like he was looking for it. He was appointed. And so Evan read last week, it said no other person had been like Moses. I mean, extolled Moses. How would you like to follow that act? No. No, I wouldn't want to do that either. So I'm thinking there had to have been some amount of fear to do that job. And so here he is getting some encouragement. Um, I thought about this, you know, I tried to read this in a different way, and I, and I realized in my former reading, I've been thinking it more like the world when it said be strong and courageous. Let's do some definitions, though, first. Strength is the capacity for exertion or endurance, power to resist force or attack, legal, logical, or moral force. Think about that. And then the next one. Mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. And I think I would add to that that says courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing things in spite of the fear. Now, how would the world tell you to be strong and courageous? They might do it like they might shame you. They say, well, come on, suck it up. Or they might say, be a man. Or they might say, be a woman. You know, stop your crying. Not very encouraging, is it? But that's not how God dealt with Joshua in his fear. He was encouraging. I think there's three ways in which he helped Joshua overcome fear that we might be able to use for ourselves. So I want to go over those three quickly, and then I want to share with you how I think they might apply for us. The first one is that he had a relationship with God. If you look in verse 5, it says, he and God talked to one another. Now, I don't know if they talked in an audible voice. I've never heard 
the voice of God in an audible way, but I have heard his voice, and I don't really know how to explain it. But they had a relationship, they talk. And so we have that too, don't we? What do we call it? Prayer. And you could do it anytime. You can talk while you're driving. I would recommend keeping your eyes open, though, when you drive. <laughs> it could be just five minutes, but it's important. They talk to one another. There's communication. Think about the people that you are connected to. How long does it take for you when you don't talk to somebody before you feel like the connection is eroding? It doesn't really take very long. So you have to constantly be in communication. So I think he was in constant communication with God. He also had promises from God. And so there was trust. And how did that trust get built? It was through experiences. God said he would not forsake him. He would not leave him. Nobody would stand up against him. And then he came through with those. So they had a relationship. The second thing they had, and this is the first time we have mention of it, is that he was to be guided by the written word of God. And he's told he has to do several things. Number one, he has to meditate on it day and night. There's something about reading this word in here that's useful. Now, he wouldn't have had the whole Bible. Would have had at least the law, probably Deuteronomy. And Moses would have written that. And he was supposed to, he's supposed to read it. This is his guidebook. And then he was supposed to not let it depart from his mouth. In other words, he's supposed to talk about it with people. And then the next thing it said, don't depart from it for the left or to the right. You're not supposed to add anything to it or take anything away from it. That was the Pharisees' problems. They started out in the Maccabean period to restore religious order. But instead, they wound up with like 700 plus rules extra that they made the people do. That was never in God's word. So it was important for him to not stray from it left to right. So he wasn't supposed to be legalistic, but God had a plan and he knew what to do. And that guidebook was what he was supposed to go by. And then the last thing is he was supposed to do was obey it. And that's how he lived his life. And Evan's going to talk more about that as the series go on, of all the experiences that he had with God. And you're going to see how this all comes into play. And then the last thing he had was community support. You'll notice in the end, they even told him to be strong and courageous. We don't really enforce the do what I say or you die rule. But they were with him. So they were encouraging to him. And they even used the words strong and courageous. That's how he did it. He spoke to God. He had a relationship with God. He didn't let that suffer. He kept himself in the word. And he had the support of the people. I got to think that that would be a very good way of how to get over fear. What does that mean for us? 
I'd like to ask you, what kind of relationship do you have with God? Do you have a relationship with God? Do you talk to him every day? I have to confess, I, I haven't always been good at that. But I know when I don't, my relationship starts to suffer. I cannot do this on my own. I can't stand up and pray on my own. I have to have God's help. And I'm willing to admit that now. It took me a little while to get that through my head. It's not about me. I can't do it on my own strength. I need God every day. You need God every day. You need it in your relationships every day. You need to talk to your children, your spouses, your friends. It's important to maintain the relationship. But the most important relationship you should have is God. God is willing to listen to you. If you mess up, he's still willing to listen to you. It's called forgiveness. And if you don't think he can't forgive you, you've got to think of the New Testament. It was written by a man who persecuted Christians. And look what God did. God accepted him. And look at all the writings, how much, and in the end he said all he wanted was Christ. The second thing is, how is your scripture reading going? Now, you don't have, there's many ways of getting this Bible into you. You don't have to read it. You can listen to it on tape. You can, uh, there's many ways of doing that. But somehow, you need to get this word into you. What troubles me, really, is that people are departing from this word. Or they'll say that only part of it is true and some of it is not. And I see that as a, uh, a big trend now, and that's scary. If this isn't true, if there's just one piece of it that isn't true, doesn't that nullify the whole book? And it was important enough to have, to have God's word it was for Joshua to do that. Think about Jesus. What was his thought about this book? You know, when he was tempted by the devil, what weapon did he use against the devil? Anybody? Deuteronomy, he used the word of God. It must be true. If it's not true, why are we here? Why do we go? I mean, why do we go to church? I'm really stuck on this book. And it's really important to me not to to depart from the left or the right of it. And not because of a legalistic way, but because I know it's full of truth. I don't always like what it says, but it's not my word, it's God's word. And it's Evan's job, and those of us who speak to you, to do the whole Bible, to teach you the whole Bible. And you'll hear me talking about Greek because I took three years of it, that's what the New Testament's written in. And it's not that I'm better than people, but I find there's so much missed in the translations. And that if I know the, what the word is, and I know the customs of the day, I can get a better feel for what God is talking about. Do you know one of the biggest things I love about this denomination is we're supposed to read this and study it faithfully ourselves, and we talk about it. 
That's what I love about it. And I also think it's a great thing on the back of the membership um, application, there's a box there that says, do you believe it's the right and true word of God? If this isn't, which part are you going to like and somebody else isn't going to like? I don't know. How does that work? It's important to put this word into you because it will help take out the fear and you will learn more about God and yourself. And the last part is community. Is this a place that's safe enough for people to come and say, I have a problem, can you help me? I can tell you, there's no doubt in my mind that this is one of those places. And I'm thankful for that. That is not true everywhere. We're to bear one another's burdens and to bring, have accountability with one another and love one another, not shame each other, not, you know, point a finger, because sometime in our life, each of us are going to face something, and we need that sense of community. And I just want to say thank you for that. And the reason I'm using Ron's Bible today is because when I came here in September of 2008, and life was not very good. And I knew God would meet my need immediately because I said, I need a church. And that Saturday, I went to the men's Bible study. Ron was a part of that. And some of you are still a part of that. And I can't tell you how much of a lifesaver that was. And still is. And I tried to hide there in the back the back of the church, I remember the first time I spoke here. And I go, I'm trying to, I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying to hide, but you didn't let me do that. You talked to me and welcomed me. And then when I came back again, you did the same thing. Can I just tell you that I love you? That's not usually in my vocabulary, not what I grew up with. Thank you. And you love other people, and I am so grateful for that. I want you to keep talking to God. I want you to read this word. I have read the Quran. It is not the same. I've tried to read the Book of Mormon. I couldn't get through it. I, your dad, I don't know how he does it. Um, it is not the same. There is something about this book. 44 or so authors, and we, we have the same themes. How can you do that? I can't get two, you can't get two people to agree on... Uh, the same thing for lunch or where to go for lunch. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Have you had that conversation? And yet, there seems to be a continuity through here. Who would think that, who could think up all this stuff and know all this stuff ahead of time? How did you, there's only one way, folks. It's God. There is a God. And so if you don't know him today, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing. And you can know him. And I hope that you will do that. This word has been my lifeline since I was a boy because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I don't know what I would have done without it or the author of this book. Whatever your, whatever situation you may be in, whatever fear you have, I know he can help you.
and I know he will help you, and I know you will be willing to help them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Most of Father, I thank you for your love, that you are approachable. We can talk to you. And not only that, we have your word. And you don't just ask us to obey it. You give us your spirit. We have now that Joshua didn't really have necessarily in those days. And your spirit is there to teach us and to help us and to guide us and to support us. That is love. Not just asking us to do something, but giving us the means to do it. I pray if there's someone here, Lord, that might be struggling or who doesn't have a relationship with you, that they would be willing to confess to you that they have a problem, they have a need, and they would ask you for your help and your forgiveness and let you come into their lives. And that we, believing that we are disciples, making disciples, and we as a community would also come alongside of them and that they would feel safe enough to talk to us and that we would be the hands and feet of God to them. It's a fearful time, Lord, right now, but we know you're in charge. And so help us with our fears. Help us to maintain our relationships. But most of all, to keep your word in our hearts and our hearts open to you. Thank you for all that you do, you are doing, and will do. Amen.